RadioMD. RadioMD.com. It's time for the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Here's Dr. Lee. Good morning and uh, welcome to the show on Radio MD, Health from the Outside In. My next two guests, uh, Dr. Lee Blitman, who's from Landers College in Queens, and Dr. Uh, Zone Rosen from Columbia University, are here to talk about a new study. Uh, there are, you know, thousands of exercise apps. So I, they looked, you know, you often wonder, you see people with these Fitbits that are, you know, linked to their cell phones. Do these really work? So uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Sorry to be here. So, you know, I do I do see this, and there's a lot of research out there that sitting is the new smoking now. Um, so, I, you know, I can understand uh, when I see people, you know, with their Fitbits, um, you know, it, ha, what's, does it really work? I mean, what, is it just a reminder, like, you know, it's time to get up from your desk and do something, or w- what did you find, uh what made you involved in this? We'll start with Dr. Lippman. Um, well, what made me involved in this is that uh, I'm, a, I'm a health psychologist, and uh, as a health psychologist, I'm very interested in, in behavior change. And uh, yes, uh, sitting is the new smoking. And uh, <laughs> the question that we try to understand is how to help people change their behavior and change their lifestyle. So, Dr. And, Ro- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, right. And, so- and, 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 go ahead. No, no, it's a little tough because everybody's someplace else. But um, so, Dr. Rosen, the, the same for you. Is that how you uh, worked on this study uh, with Dr. Littman? Well, yes. Um, this is, uh, well, I'm in public health at Columbia University, and it's very clear that obesity and inactivity is one of the major contributors to negative health outcomes in the U.S. population and to rising costs. And we know that there's a lot of technology out there in the form of apps, in the form of wearables, to help people become more active. But there's very little evidence as to how effective that is, and more so, how it actually changes people's behavior. What mechanisms or features actually alter your behavior to become more active? And so this study drills down into what exactly is going on, and who does it work for, and who does it not work for. So, Dr. Littman, what uh, did you find? I mean, how many did you look at all 1,000 exercise apps that were out there, like did a meta-analysis or something? Yeah, so we looked at a lot of different uh, uh, apps, uh, and essentially we looked at whatever apps people were using in our study, and they and the, there were hundreds of different types of apps that uh, people reported using. And what, Dr. Rosen, um, some of the, you know, you figure, how are these working? Like, you know, is a little alarm going off once you haven't been moving that much and it reminds you to get up and somehow your iPhone tracks it? Is that the basic premise of a lot of these? Are they very similar? Well, yes and no. Uh, Some of them have that kind of feature, especially something like the Fitbit, which is built in with that. But a lot of these are classic exercise apps. In other words, you know, couch to 5K. It helps you, sets up a program for you to get up and run more each day until you actually are able to run a 5K, or even a program like to help you do better upper body workouts and such. We kind of Mm. took all of the various exercise-focused applications and studied them as a whole to see, in general, what effect is that having on people's behavior and what parts of it are affecting the behavior. We did split them up by what's aerobic or anaerobic, what's Etc. But really, this is a very high-level view on 
do these things work and what aspects do they change to have an effect? So, Dr. Lippman, um, what what did you find? Are there some that were better than others? Or, you know, did you actually have to enlist people kind of using them? I mean, how did you tell? How could you tell if this was really making a difference? I guess if people track their weight loss or track their activity level and you could get at that information, but how, how could you tell if it was working? Okay, so we, we surveyed people about their uh, daily uh, activities um, and daily activities in different domain of life. So we focused on leisure time exercise activity. But we also looked at other domains of activities, so as activities at work and activities you know, on weekends and on weekdays. So we did a very comprehensive uh, analysis of how people spend their time during the day, and we focused on exercise and leisure time activity, how active are people during their leisure time. And we also um, surveyed people about many other uh, very important variables that um, will give us insight into the mechanisms by which apps uh, change behavior. And primarily what we focus on is uh, uh, something called uh, self-efficacy, which is the ability of uh, individuals to feel confident in how they can actually follow an exercise routine. Uh, for many people, this is a big problem. They feel like exercise is just too difficult for them to do. And what we found was that people who use exercise apps have a lot uh, more self-efficacy. Uh, in other words, somehow exercise apps actually help people to feel like they're able to achieve the goals that they, that they set for themselves uh, in terms of uh, following an exercise uh, program. And to the extent that their self-efficacy goes up, their uh, exercise levels in, during leisure time activity uh, go up as well. And to the extent that their uh, exercise levels go, go up, their weight goes down. Hmm. And that's the, that's the general Makes mechanism. Sense. And the most important thing about all this is that uh, we looked at exercise barriers. So people have many different barriers to exercise. Some people don't know how to exercise. Other people uh, don't have time to exercise. Other people don't enjoy exercise. And so what we found was something, and this I think is the most important, important or interesting part of the study is that the people who have most uh, barriers, uh, people who experience a lot of barriers, is for these people in particular that exercise apps are most effective. And so in other words, exercise apps help people to overcome their specific barriers, whatever that might be. And to the extent that a person uh, is able to overcome their barriers, they then experience uh, more self-confidence in their ability to follow an exercise program, and then all the other uh, consequences follow. They start exercising more, they start uh, well, losing weight. And yeah, well, that. I mean, that's interesting, and you would think if you exercise more. But Dr. Rosen, what I was going to ask you is, isn't it these more motivated people anyway that are are doing this and have the Fitbit? You know, I, I see these Fitbits you know, these people running around and half the time, you know, they look skinny, they're biking to work. And, you know, isn't it kind of self-selective in a sense that, you know, I guess your study found that it, that it wasn't the people that were couch potatoes actually felt like getting a Fitbit because the people I see walking around already look like they're fit. (laughs) Well, and that's a real issue. People have been talking about that these systems preach to the choir. And that the people who are most active are the ones who are most likely to use tracking technology to show how active they are. But our study actually looks at this very closely and shows that that is not the case. Even amongst people who exercise a lot, 
those who feel that they have more barriers are helped by apps to be even more active. Hmm. So we really cut this. We make sure that the alternative interpretations really aren't true. It's very clear that for people who have barriers, if they use an app, whether they're couch potatoes or whether they're already active, it makes a real difference in how active they are. So this can work for people with lots of barriers, and that's kind of clear throughout our findings. Uh, so it actually is making a case that these apps, when properly applied, actually do make a real difference, mostly in helping people overcome what's in their way, and then they feel like they have more mastery or ability to exercise, which actually makes them exercise more and get healthier. Hmm. Well, that I mean, that sounds good. So did you have a breakup um, of... I mean, were you really finding, I mean, the, the 30% of Americans that are considered uh, obese, uh, and it could even be more now, were these people doing it? I mean, we there are some also socioeconomic barriers, I think, related to this because of the expense of these phones and the, the, the things. And, and um, so just briefly, we only have 30 seconds. Did you find that some of the most at-risk population was doing it? Uh, yes. We found that a whole mix of people were doing it. Obviously, um, there are socioeconomic barriers, which did not really appear very much in our study, oh. but there is an age barrier, too. Yeah. Obviously, younger people okay. use technologies that more than older people. sounds great. Thank you. Interesting. We'll have to come back and talk more about this. It's a great idea.